Welcome back to another episode of Freedom to be Happy podcast presented by happiness.me. Over 1000 studies have been conducted to find the qualities of effective leaders. Fortunately, there are no fixed styles, traits or personalities that define great leaders. Thank God for that. I believe imitating others hinders authenticity and genuine leadership. While learning from others is valuable, but success comes from being true to oneself trust is built when you're authentic and not a copycat and today we are fortunate to have a leader who's known for her unique skills and love for who she is introducing a seasoned professional with over 23 years of experience in business management and marketing communications She has a proven track record of setting up successful practices across diverse marketing functions. She's known for her unique leadership skills where she leads by example and is a self-motivated, insightful and positive coach and mentor. As an extension of this passion for people and their growth, she continues to work towards a world where women are well represented at every level and in every field. among all her work responsibilities writing books and stories has always been an integral part of her life please welcome vanaja pillai ddb mudra head of diversity inclusion and impact very very warm welcome thank you sukriti lovely to be here and be part of this conversation on happiness um like i uh, i was talking to you earlier and telling you happiness is a very very important part of of everything uh, that i seek and and try to build in my world so thank you for having me as part of this conversation we are so thrilled to have you because we've been looking at your profile we've been looking at the kind of work you've been doing the books you've been writing i think it's so so inspiring and i and we are truly blessed to have you here uh you know the first question i want to ask you in fact um i'm i'm really confused you know whether i should ask this question first or the second question first because i'm just so moved by your profile like i said before um what i believe is what i understood is and what you're known for is that you're someone who believes that it is impossible to build one's own happiness one's own growth on the foundation of unhappiness or the decline of others and i think that's a, a definition to diversity you believe in uh, you believe in promoting everyone equally what i want to know is tell us why the bend towards diversity and inclusion personally when did it become important to you in your life you know when did you awaken to this mission that this is what i want to do so many many things i think in my life which led up to this though uh, i i would say it's only in the last few years uh, that i took the call to focus on this space uh, i don't think before that um i even thought that i had the credentials uh, or experience to be able to get into uh, something like dei but i think there were multiple reasons and fashion points uh, through my journey uh, which led me very obviously and organically to this the fact that i'm 
um i think um, I, i'm the third daughter in the family and i i, I was born at a time when uh, having a third daughter perhaps wasn't uh, the most happy thing for a family to have uh, i of course got a, a fairly um, undiscriminated childhood got the education that i i needed and where i am uh, didn't feel discriminated through my uh, growing up years uh, but there was a need to be able to um, establish somewhere that being born a girl uh, even a third time around is not a bad thing i think mm-hmm. that was there somewhere deep rooted uh, over there i grew up a dark skinned girl in delhi uh, again in the 80s at a time when um, having a, a dark skin was not necessarily uh, a license to be a girl at all uh, right. and i kind of struggled through that it took me many many years uh, before i actually liked who i am and um, how i looked um, and was comfortable with the parts that i wasn't uh, perhaps liking either it took me long time to get there um, i i know uh, you know i for some reason i always knew i wanted to be in advertising i grew up knowing i wanted to be in advertising uh, i did have um, uh, the ability to write the ability to speak well um, i understood people insights which are thought were things that were required to be in the communications business uh, but i was told repeatedly that i don't have the aggression uh, required to be successful in advertising so in the last few years i don't think anyone would say i lack the ability to say what is on my mind but clearly at a, at a certain point in time there was a stereotyping of the kind of person who will be successful in advertising and now all through uh, all of this i wasn't of the activist mode it's not like i ever thought uh, that i will move mm. into this field uh but i think it all built up over a period of time uh i think the tipping point at some level was when i realized uh, as i grew up again you know as, as i grew, grew, went up the ladder fairly organically um i i've had to work hard for everything that i've had and i'm happy for that i'm ha- proud of that i'm happy for that um at some point you begin to realize that whether or not you like it um people start looking at you as as role models so there would be as i was heading up businesses at ogilvy and then at 22 feet i i found people uh, you know girls who would say when i look at you doing this um i feel like uh, i can do it as well uh, and i would have a physical yeah. look on my face saying but that wasn't the intention i i mean i didn't do the things i did so that people want to be like me uh, and that's when i realized that whether or not i like it uh people will look at you as role models um and there is um i, I genuinely think that the overall benchmark for leadership is very, very low in in the corporate world um and in that context i was i was doing well people looked up to me as a, as a manager leader they felt like they could grow with me uh and if there was any way to templateize that and and kind of help other women in that journey um i should so that was uh the 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 focus on gender the focus on women's leadership that was something i was very comfortable with after i did it for a bit and and the program that i run it's called the phyllis india project i'm very proud of it um i think it's genuinely impacted lives and people uh, at some point uh, you know our boss ceo said why don't you take on the overall mandate on di and uh, i like a lot of other people have been an armchair activist do i believe the world should be fair and equal uh yes have i done anything about it in the past not really and so we created this program called we don't know shit uh which is a reflection of my own state of mind as i went down this path right because the first step is to acknowledge you don't know enough uh and you're willing yeah. to put in the time and the effort to get closer to underrepresented communities and hear from them um and and i've genuinely enjoyed and now a year later i feel like i have done enough work to be able to say uh, that yes this is important yes we need to kind of find very very um, in uh, inherent kind of ways in which we adopt dei um and and i'm proud of of where we 
can take this from where we are at this point in time so that's how di really happened in my life that's such a wonderful answer and i'm sure that uh, you know what i took back from your answer is the fact that um you're so authentic you didn't even plan to be somebody uh, you know uh, that people can look up to but naturally it just you know people look up to you you became a role model and i think that's so authentic and so wonderful and also talks about uh, you know so much about your humility fantastic like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store the second question that i want to ask you is more about uh, myself because i think i kind of always um, uh, you know i'm always kind of trying to balance my work and life right so you have gained a very positive reputation of course for your leadership skills um you also have a dog you also have a family you're taking care of your home you're taking care of thousand other things uh, i want to know what is the secret sauce that you are using that i don't have and a lot of us don't have uh, you know to make the work life balance work so that you're able to write books you're able to do what you really want to do and you're also able to uh you know make so much of difference at workplace create value and also take care of the family so how how are you doing all of that honestly i don't know whether there's a straight answer to that but but let me tell you a little bit about the journey i've had on that front right i think for a large part of my life um i um i i was pretty much a workaholic right especially in your younger years in advertising uh, when i started off there was this uh, assumption that you have to work like crazy uh, to be able to uh, be good at your job right uh, so i i did do that um and there was certain romanticizing of this whole um, overworking people and things like that and i'm so glad that this generation uh, right now is not adhering to those uh, stereotypes of what it means to be in advertising they're looking for work life balance and the conversation is very active um and i'm really uh, glad that that's happening right now so but for most part of my life i did that uh, i remember there was a point in time when i was i was uh, working in ogilvy and i walked across uh, ng road um and i realized you know i i don't think i want to be a workaholic i don't think it it makes me happy to do that uh, i really enjoy the work that i do it means a lot to me a large part of my identity comes from the work that i do no doubt about that but um it doesn't uh, uh it doesn't mean that that's the only identity that i really uh, want associated with myself um from there i think there's been a conscious attempt uh, to be able to change some of these things uh, the break uh, i took a few years ago to walk away from a pnl role at the helm of my career uh, to pursue something that really mattered to me uh, from a gender parity perspective came from that understanding that i need to uh, heal i need to basically take time to be able to do what matters to me spend time over there i think self awareness in that context is really really important one of the things i find lacking in a lot of people who rise up to leadership is self awareness i think there's a there's there's this wrong uh, understanding of the fact that if you are a leader you have to have all the answers you cannot be work in progress mm-hmm. uh, i don't think that's true at all some of my biggest learnings as a human being have happened over the last 4 5 years when i have taken a conscious effort to understand myself better i've taken tests i've done coaching i have tried to understand what my motivations are and be very clear about the fact that if i don't get time with my family i'm a cranky person and that's that uh, so i have to find a way of uh, catering to my needs and desires in the in the work that i do um 
that i think is really important i would encourage everybody to spend time uh, on self awareness whatever works for them uh, because it's not the fact that some times people think it is understanding yourself uh, in the context of the uh, the places that you work in your priorities in life is really important the other thing that i did a few years ago which really helped me is is, is this little excel uh, goal format uh, i don't even know where uh, it came from and who gave it to me but basically it does two things for me it's a format which basically says immediate short term long term across different parameters in life health finance career learning family friends whatever whatever parameters are important to you and asks you so, to set goals and i've really used it in, in my coaching exercises a lot of people as well because it does two things for us one it tells you that there is more than work it tells you there is more okay. than family it it actually encourages you to put personal uh, parameters like learning for myself uh, like health mental or physical as a priority so you understand that life is more than what's taking up your immediate attention that's one part of it the second thing is because you're looking at it from an immediate short term long term perspective and you have to uh, once you've put it down evaluate the fact that uh, you can't do all of that like i'm mean, across these different parameters do i want to achieve all of these things absolutely can i do it all in the next one year can't so what am i pushing out uh, and be kind to yourself it's a process by which you can be kind to yourself you can get a little perspective of what life is about outside of mm. um outside of your children outside of uh work outside of whatever it is that is taking up the most amount of your energy at a given point in time that is really helped me as well um to have a clear idea of what all i'm chasing and and just develop the ability to be kind uh, to oneself so i think those are the little things that have really uh, helped me do uh, what i do and um i remember a, a long time ago there was a colleague of mine who i'm very very fond of who sat me down when he saw me running around like a headless chicken in the office and he sat me down and he basically said you realize right you're in you're you're in a business that doesn't save lives uh, so you don't have to pretend like uh, you're doing that so i think a lot of us also have to have that uh, acknowledgement that you know there are professions where you're saving lives and all of that sometimes we make our problems much bigger than they are mm. um and, yeah. and to just have a realistic that doesn't mean you don't value the work that you do it doesn't mean that you bring don't bring the 100% of you to everything that you do but it does mean that there's perspective uh, that there's yes. a little bit of uh, understanding that you know it's okay it's you know nothing is is as um, disastrous as we sometimes make it out to be hmm very true what a fantastic answer so also uh, i love the part where you said you write down your goals right and i think uh, everything begins with writing down your goals everything begins with making that deep determination that deep wow that deep um, promise to yourself you know and of course uh, then of course sustaining that uh, you know that that's another battle altogether like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store but talking only about the beginnings you know i also wanted to ask you that when an employee even before an employee joins an organization you know right the pre beginning if, if there's even a word called pre beginning the uh, you know when they are onboarding right what is uh, what do you think an organization can really have in their heart or really strategize in their mind that they can have this thought that how can i be un you know they can be unconscious bias towards hiring and we've seen that a lot uh, you know happening in the past even in the present so 
even while uh, the promotions are happening there's a, there is there is a unsaid uh, you know bias how do you think organizations and leaders can kind of dodge this or overcome this i think uh, uh, sukriti i'm going to be very honest with you i think we are a long way off mm. uh, from getting to a place that we can say that we do not uh, have biased hiring and uh, people evaluation practices i think the world is a way off right because the social conditioning uh, the uh, inequity is so inherent and inbuilt that it will take us a long time to be able to address that and i think the starting point is to be able to acknowledge that if we if hmm. we um, fool ourselves into believing that you know we do not have uh, biases in the system uh, that we got it all handled uh, that we don't need um, you know a blind screening or white labeling of resumes because you know what um, a certain amount of bias is going to creep in and that's perfectly fine um, if we don't kind of acknowledge the fact that the, there exists a problem and it's a long haul and we need to take uh, baby steps towards uh, fixing this that to me is the starting point right uh, i did some uh, work recently with this amazing uh, team um, an organization called led by uh, which is actually focused on enabling and empowering um, indian muslim women uh, mm. in the corporate uh, world and you know uh, when i was talking to them or the first time i came across the work that they're doing and they've done some research specifically on unconscious uh bias towards in muslim women in the corporate world in india um I, that was the first time i asked myself the question okay i've been working for 20 years of which about 15 years i've been hiring how many muslim women have i hired uh, and i think the the courage and the ability to say you know what uh, either the resumes haven't come to me which is an easy excuse or there is an inherent bias and i have to be brave to acknowledge the fact that i'm going to do something about it i think that's the starting point Uh, that all organizations mm. need to uh, accept um, in some cases second part is like the work that we've been talking about uh, you know are we doing at uh, ddb um, it's so important to bring those groups and conversations into our organization uh, i've been advised by many uh, partners in the space to not jump to hiring because if you're not creating environments and infrastructure which sets up people from underrepresented communities for success you're actually harming by bringing them in so don't do it just to do a checkbox on some slide somewhere um so the education part of of meeting people with disabilities understanding are uh, talking about accessible communication those are first steps or baby steps that we need to take to be able to create environments that will allow for uh, uh, you know by what we have done additionally since we've got on this journey is to tie up with a bunch of partners who have more access to a larger talent pool whether it's people with disabilities whether it's people from the queer community uh, whether it's um, women from underrepresented communities uh, and, and we are basically opening up all the jds that we have in the company uh, to all of these partners will i get a truckload of resumes to start with candidate of not really i won't but i think that's the first step am i increasing my consideration list list right uh, to make sure that i'm offering that opportunity to a wider pool of people that's the starting point uh, as far as promotions are concerned i am uh, again maybe i have a slightly over optimistic view of it but i feel like if you give people the opportunity 
and if you give people the right environments for them to do their best they will figure their promotions will they will figure their life and and uh, of course there is a lot of uh, sensitization um objectivity in uh, performance evaluation that needs to happen as a matter of fact uh, across organizations but i think people if they are given the opportunity and the right environment will find their success uh that's the mm. part that we need to focus on and the rest will happen but it's a long long haul and that's the part which actually sometimes depresses me um the only times that i, I feel a little low is when i think about how far we need to go and how much more effort we need to put in this direction hmm but i think you're uh, you are the trailblazer i i'm hoping so you're hoping the one so <laughs> absolutely you are the one who's paving the path so for it's you know what i really feel it's not for maybe this generation maybe it's for the next generation maybe Perhaps. it's for the next seven generations that you know we are working hard today so it's all right you know and and, uh, and i think it's really brave of uh, you to do this and for all for, for your entire team who's actually doing it and yeah. really like uh, making concrete action you know not not just saying it really doing yeah. it even if it means like you said baby steps it may seem like baby step right now but actually they are very concrete steps uh, they, the the yeah. size may be very small but they are very concrete they are they yeah. are going to be like the solid foundation uh, yeah. you know and they essential sukriti i would i would encourage anyone who's listening in to go back to their organizations and why are we not taking those steps however small if if each one of us takes those baby steps we are moving a little faster towards where we should be than we were doing yesterday right yes. so yeah. yeah we have to take those baby steps 100% fantastic now comes the part where uh, we get to know a little more about you where i get to ask you some uh, very random but very profound kind of questions where we get to know who you really let's are let's do this person. yes okay. <laughs> let's, so let's do this quick five Okay so what is your favorite book and why I have lots of favorites uh but uh, despite the fact that I have lots of favorites I have a very easy answer to this one because there's one book which is all which is like the bible to me you know it's it's by gospel truth or anything which is to kill a mockingbird by harper lee i feel like it addresses so many many uh truths in our lives and continues to be hugely inspiring and hugely relevant um and every time i i i'm uh, encountered by a little bit of uh, sadness um disappointment that's the book i run back to uh, and of course the movie uh, version of it is also as brilliant which doesn't happen um often uh, so yeah to kill a mockingbird any day fantastic okay morning person or a night owl totally morning person totally totally obsessively morning person and quite annoying to most other people uh, actually because of that <laughs> Okay any advice to your young successors in the world of corporate india I think uh, two things uh, one is uh, it took me a long time to get to a a stage of fearlessness uh, and hmm. fearlessness doesn't necessarily i don't mean absence of fear but knowing that i can deal with fear um or or ambiguity or anxiety i can deal with all of that right i would wish for all of them to uh, to get to the stage of fearlessness sooner than later because you discover the best parts of you when you don't operate out of fear so that's uh, that's one thing and the second thing uh, is is just knowing that whatever role you are in uh, whatever level you might be it doesn't matter imagine your role 
uh, and your contribution to be a little bit more uh, than someone tells you it is um there's a lot of imagination needed especially in the hr uh, field i feel that there's a lot of imagination needed on what you can do uh, you're not a support function i feel like you're the heart uh, and so you've got to find a way of of being that heart uh, which helps the company operate so imagine more for yourself wow okay i'm loving it okay one thing that according to you makes work culture toxic um lack of self awareness Hmm. I genuinely feel uh, if people overall uh, were more aware of themselves uh, their insecurities uh, their uh, egos will not come as much into the workplace and it also strengthens your ability to understand other people uh, so I I see I think we've been through an entire couple of generations where there isn't as much um, self awareness there is this need to be able to um, uh, you know posture Uh, to be the solution provider to be this uh, flamboyant um, in- individual the, all of those have contributed to the um, to misinterpretation or, of the kind of leadership qualities that genuinely work on the ground uh, so yeah i think self awareness lack of it is what leads to toxic work environments mm-hmm. wonderful answer okay the last one but the most uh, important one what makes you truly happy um it's really silly but the fact is uh, i would advise everybody get a dog uh, uh for you to just know, you know the minute you walk back into your house uh even if you just went out 2 minutes ago uh, it is huge for your self esteem uh the amount of love the amount of uh completely uh, uh you know unbiased devotion unquestioned devotion uh animals have uh, especially dogs have for their uh, you know parents is uh, is what genuinely gives me a great amount of joy so the time i spent with spend with poiro i have to say is probably the the most calm and the most uh, enjoyable it it's brought play back into my life uh, in my 40s uh, what can be more wonderful than that how amazing how amazing yes. <laughs> this is so fantastic thank you so much it was so inspiring to talk to you to know your thoughts and to really resonate with your ideas we uh, wish you all the best in your journey thank freedom you. to be happy thank you so much thank you once again thank you really enjoyed the conversation thank you for the opportunity uh, to speak to you and through you to a lot of other people hopefully uh, but yeah here's to more happiness in the world yes freedom to be happy by happiness.me is available on all leading podcast directories until the next episode please take care be safe and remember you have the freedom to be happy thank you so much Thank you.